the Knowledge Resource Podcast. Today, we're sitting down with Knowledge Resource's own Managing Director, Wilhelm Kraus, who is a pioneer in the HR field in his own right, and as we will discuss today, a contributing author to the HR The New Agenda book. Wilhelm, thank you so much for joining us. You've worked with some amazing people in the HR field, including the editor for our new book, Paul Norman, who is the Chief of Human Resources at MTM. Just moving towards the book now, could you give us a little insight into the origins of the book, its purpose, why it was created, and what the process was like of getting contributed to the book? Yes, thank you. Uh, so, so uh, Paul and I started to talk about uh, this book just before or, or before COVID-19 struck. Um, and we said the world with uh, the fourth industrial revolution and digitization, it is impacting the world of work tremendously. and then um, we need to relook at uh, all the HR practices. And for that reason, the, the title also of the book, um, HR, The New Agenda. And then COVID struck. So suddenly all the sort of forces that were involved in, in changing the world of work were on steroids, in addition to the whole um, notion of uh, isolation, which led to remote work and, um, and then what we have today, um, hybrid work. So, um, against that background, the the uh, need for 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 a new look at what we call the new agenda of HR has become much more important. Every single aspect of human resources management in the value chain of HR management uh, were impacted. The, at the same time, the the emphasis on on, on human resource management has now changed. Uh, we've seen tremendous hardship and, and pain and stress and anxiety and insecurity um, that was caused by COVID-19. And the world, in the world, there's absolute consensus now that the human is back at the center and that we need to create much more humane organizations. So then Paul and I had a discussion and look, he's one of the leaders in, in human resource management, if not uh, in the world and definitely in South Africa. He's recognized worldwide for, for the work he's done in this field. And the leadership he's shown. We cover the most important themes that in, in the resource management, from talent management to uh, the, the importance of purpose, the very important part um, being the issue of ethics and governance. Because in a world that's been upside down, one can expect that this is a, this is also um, under pressure especially in a country like ours. And in the other areas, uh, coming back to to managing people, we've seen that um, wellness and um, especially mental health in the workplace becoming much more important, getting more attention. attention. So we have got a great case study from Momentum, what they've done and what they've achieved in that specific area. Quite a lot to address, and there's so much, many insights from giants in the HR field. As you mentioned, Mark Button, Jasmine today from Microsoft is also there. You did mention digitization now and ethics, and I'd like to ask you a question based on that. South Africa, of course, is experiencing the digital era, but you also mentioned in your chapter poverty and inequality. So my question to you is, how do we move forward? How do we approach the new HR agenda Ethically, while so many South Africans still don't have access to technology, while we're so divided in progress still. 
Yeah, that's a very good and uh, a tough question in the sense that, um, you know, researchers at MIT found that the sort of digitization started in, in 20, uh, in 1998, sorry. And they called it this second machine age. And they postulated that digitization will lead to greater inequality in the world, not only in South Africa, but in the world. And we've seen that. Those without the skills that, that works in the service economy, those people, they become poorer and poorer and poorer. Um, they're being left behind. Whereas those who are qualified in the, in the IT and the digital economy, they thrive. So you can either, a country can either be a victim of digitization, um, being reactive the whole time, reacting on new developments in the field, or it can be proactive and try to utilize the advantages that digitization brings for you. So, in our case, to a large extent, we're reactive still. Being proactive will, will, will need a massive intervention. Um, we need to upskill our nation when it comes to uh, digital skills. We need to introduce far more adult education centers where people can go adults and upskill and reskill themselves. And obviously that will be at the cost of the taxpayer, but the country will benefit uh, at large. Um, our education institutions have to, have to come to the party as well. The TVITs will have to, um, I, I mean, please, uh, we have an opportunity there to train the nation, so to speak, but um, it's in a semi-mess. So um, there's a lot that we can do. We need also, coming to the party must also be our trade unions. And um, like in Germany or in some of the other uh, European countries, put pressure on companies to upskill everybody in the organization. To, and that's very important. At the same time, um, we need to collaborate. Our organizations, the, the task for upskilling and reskilling is so big that very few companies have that resources to, to catch up. So we'll have to collaborate across industry, across um, even with our own competitors to really um, to solve this issue. So that is definitely one of the challenges facing us as we move into the future. But I would like to ask you, your chapter for the HR leader for the future addresses some of the other challenges that we have to prepare for. What would you say are the most pertinent challenges HR leaders need to prepare for as we move into this new age? Yes, um, I mean, firstly, I, I mentioned already the chapter on health and wellness, the whole uh, issue around mental health in the workplace that was already on the cards, was already a priority before uh, COVID-19 struck. It's now on steroids. We, we, we see research coming out, international research shows that virtually on every indicator when it comes to mental health in organizations like stress, burnout, um, overwork, uh, suicides, et cetera, is on the, if all of them are on the increase substantially during COVID. So organizations will have to, to, um, put a lot of emphasis on the, the health and wellness of the employees. The other area, uh, that I think is going to, well, I've got a couple of areas here 
The other one will be the whole issue around uh, managing hybrid work and organizational structures. That's here to stay. Uh, but it's more complex than just an in-office or just a, a remote environment. So there are more variables, far more, vari uh, more variables. So that makes the, the system more complex. So what we need is organizations will, and specifically HR fraternity will have to be very intentional to make sure that this, this works. The, the area of diversity and inclusion has always been on the agenda here in South Africa. Black Lives Matter, the Black Lives Matter movement last year put it back on the priority list for internationally, but it's always been here. But I think we, we focused, um, and rightly so, by the way, a lot of our attention on race, um, gender mainly. But in that chapter on diversity and inclusion from Professor Kurt April, which I think is an excellent chapter on, it's, it's a groundbreaking chapter on diversity and inclusion. He makes the point that um, we need to, to look at all the sort of uh, visible differences, like, for instance, um, nationalities, uh, variously, uh, variously able people, age groups, different skill sets, uh, sexual orientation, languages, and even the in invisible dimensions we need to bring into context, like spiritual and religion, uh, thinking styles, psychometric profiles, uh, leadership styles, philosophical views, just a couple of, of ideas here that we also need to pay uh, attention to. To enrich the organization, to enrich the, the conversation in our organizations, and to improve creativity and innovation. We know there's a business case for it. So that's the, the, the third area. The fourth one will be the impact, and we've just, just discussed that now, impact of digitalization, um, autom automation, and robotics, but specifically also artificial intelligence. And here's the thing, managing the interaction between so-called man and machine, the employee and the machine, <clears throat> and the teams that will be made up by robotics, as well as human beings. Um, and that's also going to be more complex than we think. So that needs to be, we need to address. Then ESG's challenges, environment, um, societal and uh, governance issues. Uh, I've mentioned the ethics and so on already, but I would like to stress two other issues. The first one is the whole issue around environmental sustainability, the green economy, reducing the carbon footprint. Um, our organizations and the HR fraternity will have to play a much bigger role there. Um, the impact of climate change is upon us. Uh, we don't need to discuss that anymore, but we need to really work on, um, on reducing our carbon footprints, even within the HR department and our L&D departments. As a matter of fact, we're going to put on a, a seminar uh, next month in well, next month in, in, Jan in, in January next year, on how can L&D reduce its carbon footprint, for instance. Right, so that's just on ESG, and we, we touched on inequality and poverty levels. And HR in society is, is a topic that we will have to debate much more. What can HR do to reduce the inequality, to look at poverty levels, alleviate poverty, and reduce unemployment levels, which is going through the roof. Um, we cannot, this country cannot continue um, on that sort of path. Uh, so we need to go far beyond what we call at the moment social investment 
uh, initiatives. And uh, lastly, we need to create organizations that um, that has real purpose um, and meaning, where people can tap into the higher order of of the of of the uh, of their goals and objectives in life, and uh, that, that, that that it synchronizes with what they stand for, and that the organization inspired. We need to create organizations that inspire people, as opposed to to um, leave them de-energized every day. So I think those are the sort of broad. Um, there might be there's a plethora of other priorities, obviously, but those are the sort of broad things that I think will be important that we need to address. That's what I'm giving you now is basically a summary of the the trends and the issues that the other contributors have raised, uh, and it's a bit of an integration moment. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, the need for the debate, it is my hope that this book starts that debate and encourages that debate. Unfortunately, this is all we have time for today, Rolanda, but thank you so much for joining me. This has been an incredibly insightful talk. The book is now available for download and hard copy delivery. Deliveries are capped at 50 Rand until the 31st of December 2021. We hope you enjoy the book as much as we have. But um, once again, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Amy, and uh, to all the listeners. Good luck. Um, all based on this difficult but very exciting journey. Thank you for listening to a Knowledge Resource Podcast. For more insights into the working world and beyond, be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn and Facebook.